Rory Vaden is the world's leader on defining the psychology around modern-day procrastination called priority dilution. In fact, he coined the term. He speaks and consults on how to say no to the things that don't matter and yes to the things that do. Rory joins us today in this episode of Let the Music Play as we talk about his latest book, Procrastinate on Purpose. Hi, I'm Ashton Gustafson, and welcome to Let the Music Play. And it dawned on me that time management today is no longer just logical. It's hmm. emotional. And our feelings yeah. of guilt and fear and worry and anxiety and our need to feel valued and successful and important, those emotions drive what we actually spend our time doing as much as anything that's on our calendar or in our to-do list. Hey everybody, Ashton Gustafson here and welcome to another episode of Let the Music Play. This is where we talk about what it looks like, what it feels like, and what it means to make music with our lives, our relationships, and our careers. I am absolutely thrilled today. Um, I've been watching this guy from afar for some time now. I read his first book, Take the Stairs. It rattled my cage. He's recently written another book called Procrastinate on Purpose. Uh, I love, love, loved it. Finally got to shake his hand not long ago in Charleston. Uh, and his name is Rory Vaden. And he is, uh, he's the man. He's a self-disciplined specialist, um, owns a consulting company, which I'm sure we'll get into uh, in a little bit. But with that being said, I just want to introduce our listeners to Rory Vaden. Rory, thanks so much for joining us. Hey, Ashton, it's good to be here, my friend. Uh, thank you for having me. Absolutely, man. Well, I have been a fan of you and your work for some time now. Um, love the stuff that you put out there. I, I just totally align with you uh, and your values and your vision. Thanks, and the, brother. You got it, and the things that you put out into the world. Um, I love the conversation around time management. Um, mm -hmm. But the beautiful thing that you really unlocked for me is that when we talk about time management, that's kind of a misnomer. Uh, we're not really talking about time management. We're talking about self-management. You want to walk down that road with me for a little bit? Well, I mean, that, that is the deal. There's, there's no such thing as time management. I mean, you cannot manage time. You can't stop time. You can't fast forward time. You can't rewind time. Like Time continues on whether we like it or not. Right. Uh, what we can manage is ourselves. And we can make decisions powerfully about what we choose to do and what we choose not to do, which is a big part of what procrastinate on, on purpose is, is really all about. And I think it, it's, it's a really important conversation because we're busier than ever before. Yeah. You know, we have so many emails, so many voicemails and texts and social media. And just it seems like for most people, the, the harder we work, sometimes the further we fall behind and – yeah. We never seem to be caught up, and so we really wanted to look at what are the world's ultra performers doing, and and what are the strategies they're using to get the most out of their time. And and you say it's we're we're talking about multiplying time, not mm -hmm. uh, managing time. What do you mean by that? Well, I think you know early time management thought was about managing your time by trying to do things efficiently. Like right. we wanted to do things faster, and you know all things being equal. Faster is better, but fast. The speed strategy has a point of diminishing returns, um, which is very well evidenced by the fact that we all carry around cell phones in our pockets, right. and we have more speed and enhancing devices than ever before, and we're still behind. Well, then there was prioritizing your time, 
which is valuable, right? Prioritizing means to focus first on what matters most. But the limitation to that is there's nothing about prioritizing that creates more time. All it does is take item number seven on your to-do list and bump it to number one, but it doesn't help you. It doesn't create more time. It's more like borrowing time. Um, it's borrowing time from one activity to focus on another. So multiplying time was something that we noticed the these ultra performers doing, people we now refer to as multipliers, is they looked at it completely differently. And what multipliers do, the way that you multiply time is by spending time on things today that give you more time tomorrow. Gotcha. Spending t- time on things right now that give you more time and, and more results in the future. Beautiful. So it's investing today, sacrificing today, so that you have more of this actual time that you're looking for down the road. Yeah, I, I think investing is a better word. I, I mean, sacrifice is a funny word. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I've come to find there's no such thing really as a sacrifice. There's only short-term down payments on rich future blessings. That's a good word. Um, That's a really but, good word. I mean, <laughs> in, investment is is a great word. You're you're in. It's kind of like in, in the way that multipliers think about time is exactly the same way that wealthy people think about money, and wealthy people you know, use their money to invest and they let their investments make their money. And so their money turns into more money while most people use their money to buy stuff and their stuff depreciates in value. Well, we all think to ourselves, gosh, if I had more money, then I would invest it. It's just like we often say to ourselves, if I had more time, I might do something, but that's not the way it works. The way that you become wealthy is by finding the money you 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 give up something else in the short term as a way of creating um you know a pile of money that you can use to invest and then that money grows into more money and that is the part that you sort of you benefit from it's the same thing as as multiplying time by spending time on things today that give you more time tomorrow Gotcha. Such a good word picture. Um, so you want to share with our listeners a little bit of the story behind how you came across the idea of writing this book, Procrastinate on Purpose? <laughs> well, I mean, I, I didn't write from a place of having the answer. I will say that. Um, Frustration. I, I, and <laughs> Yeah, I, I wrote out of a need. You know, we basically, totally. uh, in my personal life, we just we started Southwestern Consulting in 2006, and we started with four of us. And then in 2012, you know, the Take the Stairs book came out, and that was a total game changer. And about at about that time, we had, uh, you know, maybe 20 people on our team, and today we have about 140. So the wow. last three four years has just been insane. Wow. And we there's been so much going on. Um, you just reach this place of like, how do you keep, how do I keep up with it all? Like, mm-hmm. what else do I, can I possibly be doing? And, and, um, and then we notice the same thing. I mean, coaching is our real business, right? And so we do one-on-one coaching. Well, uh, like 70% of our coaching clients say that time management is their number one challenge. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're struggling with. So that is, is part of it. But, you know, one of the, one of the big insights that really spurred, um, the exploration was I was at my business partner's house on a Saturday morning and he has, uh, his name's Dustin and he has this little three-year-old girl named Haven. And we were, we were sneaking off to a a work meeting, a rare work meeting on a Saturday, but uh, we were trying to get out the door and Haven comes running down the hallway and she, she leaps and she latches onto Dustin's leg and she looks at him and she says, daddy, where are we going? (laughs) And 
I watch him look down at her and he says, oh, I'm sorry, baby Haven. Daddy has to go to work today. And Aston, her eyes <laughs> well up with tears. Yeah. And she says, no, daddy, please, no work today. No work, daddy. And in that moment, I realized two things. The first is that I'm not ready for children quite just yet. Yeah. <laughs> 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 um, um, but uh, interestingly enough, actually, my wife and I are expecting our first child. Good for you. In, in Great March. news. Yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> so we're expecting a little boy uh, in March. So awesome. that'll be that'll be fun. But um, actually, the thing that dawned on me was I realized in that moment that everything I had ever heard about time management was always tips and tricks, tools and technology, calendars and checklists. It was ways to organize things, to plan things, to sort things. Um, in other words, everything that I'd ever learned about time management was all logical. Right. But in that moment, looking at Baby Haven, it dawned on me that time management today is no longer just logical. It's emotional. Hmm. And our feelings of guilt yeah. and fear and worry and anxiety and our need to feel valued and successful and important, those emotions drive what we actually spend our time doing as much as anything that's on our calendar or in our to-do list. That was such a huge aha for me, um, realizing that time management, self-management really is an inside job. There's there's some interior work that must go on. Um, yep. And yeah, we feel guilty about saying no. We feel shameful about... Um, putting some people, I mean, it, it sure, people are huge. Um, when you, when they're trying to, you know, get for your time or, or trying to get involved in your life in some way, this whole emotional thing was such a huge aha for me in the book. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I think it has been for a lot of people because you go, when have there ever, have you taken a class on the emotional side of time management right. or the human, the human element of productivity? It, it's 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 not really been written about, and that's you know that's one of the reasons that we we wrote the book. And you refer to something called priority dilution. What what do you mean by that? Yeah, priority dilution is funny because it's the new procrastination. It's the chronic overachievers procrastination. We hear the word procrastination and we think of oh those are the lazy people or the the apathetic or the disengaged, but. Priority dilution is the same net result for a chronic overachiever who leaves the office at the end of the day with their most significant priorities left unchecked, hmm. not because they're lazy, but because they allow their attention to shift to less important, but perhaps more urgent tasks. Um, this person's life is characterized as a constant state of interruption, and they are um, you know, always – always just fighting the tyranny of the urgent and um but it's the same net result that they don't get their most their most significant things done so that's what priority dilution is is all about and that's a big part of the enemy that you got to have a plan and a strategy for dealing with and that's kind of where the focus funnel comes into place yeah absolutely and and the emotional side of this always feels urgent you know, I, I don't know right. what the can. I'm sure there's some type of scientific connection there that's somewhere. But uh, there, there's the emotional things always feel like they have this sense of urgency. Um, and you say that multipliers make the significance calculation. What do you mean by the significance calculation? That's just thinking longer term. Like most people live in a world of urgency, and they say, "What's the most important thing I have to do today?" 
But that's not how multipliers think. Because when you when you think in a world of urgency, and you think of a 24-hour paradigm, what happens is you realize there's more to do than you can get done today. Mm-hmm. And so we automatically default to getting choosing the tasks that allow us to get the most number of tasks done in the shortest amount of time. But those very often are not the most significant ones that create long-term results. So the significance calculation is instead of saying, what's the most important thing I have to do today? They say, how can I use my time in a way today that creates more time or more results tomorrow? And instead of doing a bunch of things, you might intentionally choose to only do one or two things, not because of the value they have today, but because of the value they have in the future. And I think multipliers have realized that success is no longer related to the volume of tasks that we complete, but simply the significance of them. So good. Man, that is so good. So let's let's walk down the road of the focus funnel. Um, I'm going to put this in the show notes because I know it sure does help to look at it. Um, sure. But we'll kind of walk through this. The focus funnel uh, is basically what you guys have created to talk about when when you think you have a task, there is a there's a step, a program, a system of uh, questions and analysis that you need to look at for these tasks before you know if it needs to go any further or if you need to procrastinate on it. You want to start with the first one? Yeah. So eliminate is the first question, and that's the permission to ignore. It's basically the permission to say no. And all of us say yes to things that we really want to say no to or that we should say no to, but we feel we guilt ourselves into doing it uh, or we feel obligated. And um, again, in the short term, that emotion takes over. But when you make the significance calculation and you mm-hmm. think not just about here and now, you realize anytime you're saying yes to one thing, you are simultaneously saying no to an infinite number of others. Right. And so when you ask yourself, if I say yes to this, what am I saying no to as a result of that? That shifts your perspective and it gives you the confidence and, and the, the basis to comfortably you know, say no. Um, now, you can say no and still be nice. Uh, but you need to say no to the things that don't matter so that you don't unconsciously end up saying uh, no to the things that do matter. Yeah, and in and, and every moment we're saying yes to something and, and there's a million no's, right? Right. I mean, I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. So the first question is, can we eliminate this task? And there, there is the permission to ignore. If we can't eliminate it, what's the next step? So then that task falls down into the middle of the funnel, which is, uh, can it be automated? If I can't eliminate it, can I automate it? And uh, one of the biggest personal you know, realizations for my own life, just going through the process of researching and writing the book, is that automation is to your time exactly what compounding interest is to your money. Wow. Wow. So, so anything that you create a process for today saves you time tomorrow. Now, if you were to ask somebody, hey, are there tools and technologies that are out there that are available to you of, that, that you you know would automate things? Most of us would say, well, yeah, of course I'm aware of that. And then you say, well, why have you done it? Most people would say, well, I just don't have the time to set it up or right. I don't have the money, which is the exact opposite of how it really is yep. if, if you make the significance calculation and you think longer term. Because just like compounding interest takes money and it turns it into more money – automation takes time and it turns it into more time. Wow. And that's what we're all after. 
Um, so we've got this, this focus funnel. A task comes along our way. We ask, can, we, can I eliminate this task? If we can't do that, we ask, can I automate this task? If we can't do that, what's the next question we ask? Can I delegate this task? Uh-oh, we don't like that. And it's the permission <laughs> of imperfect okay. because we all, you know, we're all doing things that somebody else could be trained to do for us, hmm. um, but we hold on to it because we convince ourselves that they won't be able to do it as well as I can. And that may be true once, maybe twice, but again, when you make the significance calculation and you think long-term, you're going to realize that somebody else is going to be able to learn to master that task just like you were. And in fact, they're probably more likely to even master that task beyond your skill level because they're going to have increased focus and a more specific you know, depth and, and less, less breadth of pulling their attention away. And so you just got to give yourself the permission of short-term and perfect to realize that 80% done by someone else is always better than 100% done by me. Wow. Now, I want to talk about this handoff of delegation because you talk about the 30x rule. Um, yeah. Give our listeners a snapshot of, look, the handoff, it's a little bumpy in the get-go. It may take a few times, but the the return on, you know, the the, the ROTI, the return on time invested, uh, is, is, is so dramatic down the road. Yeah, so the 30x rule suggests you should spend 30 times the amount of time it takes you to do a task once on training someone else to do that task um, for you. Well, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, so if if a task that I do takes five minutes, you're telling me that I need to allot 150 minutes on training someone on how to do that. Exactly. So 30x, 30 times five. Yep, 150 minutes. And eventually, and, down the road, they do it better than we do. Yeah, well, and here's what's kind of crazy. Sometimes people say to me, Rory, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Like, why would I spend 150 minutes to this two and a half hours training somebody to do a task that I could just do myself in five minutes? How does that make sense? And the answer is it doesn't make sense unless you make the significance calculation. Right. Because if you think about tomorrow, the next day, and the next day, you go, if it takes five minutes every day to do that task, then over just one working year, so call it 250 days in a working year, that task is going to take you 1,250 minutes. Wow. So, so now the question is not should I spend 150 to save five? It's should I spend 150 to save 1,250? The answer is just as ob- obvious, but it's the complete opposite of what we thought about originally. And, and the task hasn't changed. The person hasn't changed. What has changed is your perspective, the significance calculation, thinking longer term. The significance calculation changes everything. And I would imagine that some of y'all's data, uh, especially after coaching so many people, is uh, how valued the individual probably feels that is handling the delegation. Um, Because I know we get going, we're running businesses, we're doing deals, we're doing whatever, and that little... you know, that 150 minutes that you sit down and say, hey, this is the thing that needs to happen. One would have to assume you're putting a huge deposit uh, in a trust account with that individual that's going to be doing the delegation. Yeah, absolutely. But it, it, it pays off, you know, ROTI, return on time invested, uh, is, is, is the concept. And uh, again, you know, the way that the way that 
wealthy people think about money is the same way that multipliers think about time. Wow. Okay. So we have a task. We've asked, can we eliminate it? Can we automate it? Can we delegate it? If we can't delegate it, what are the next questions we're asking? Well, the the next one is, it, it, is uh, you ask yourself the question, okay, so now that task falls out the bottom of the funnel. Now you have a task that you know must be done and it must be done by you. So the remaining question is, must this be done now or can it wait until later? If the task must be done now, then that's concentrate. That's the permission to protect. That is where you engage you know, all the strategies related to focus, turning off your, your beeps on your phone and closing your office door and you know, sitting down and, and turning off email and just giving yourself focused time to work. Um, and there's been a lot written about that, so I don't, I don't think there's worth much going into that here. But sure. the, the, the more fascinating conversation is what if the task really can wait until later? If it doesn't need to be done right this second, then we call that not eliminate, automate, delegate or concentrate, but procrastinate on purpose. We call that pop for short, which is where the title of the book, Procrastinate on Purpose, that's where the title of the book comes from. Now, you're not going to procrastinate on it forever. You're just going to pop that activity back to the top of the focus funnel, at which point it's going to enter through this holding pattern where it cycles through the focus funnel until at some point one of the other four strategies will get executed on it. Either it, you'll you'll realize if it's never urgent enough to be done right now, then you should just eliminate it, uh, or you'll figure out a way to automate it, or someone else will rise up to the level of leadership that you allow to be available to them, and it will effectively get delegated, or it will make it through the focus funnel, and the, the, the last question about can this wait till later will shift from yes, it can wait to no, it cannot, and it will slide over into concentrate, and then you'll execute and you'll complete the task. Well, I mean, I, this, I, I can't say enough good things about this visual that you guys came up with, and, and we're going to share it because it, it really gives you this great idea uh, and this great self-awareness of everything that comes across your desk, comes across your email, your voicemail. When you can really uh, set yourself apart from these things, remove the emotion and go through these things, it's absolutely uh, such a beautiful picture. Let me ask you this. When, when you say, okay, I can do, I'm the only one that can do this now, and you take the permission to concentrate, what are some of the tools that you would offer us to protect our time or to, to protect that space and to minimize distractions? Well, I'll tell you just one because, you know, there's a bunch of them that most people have probably heard. But one of my favorites is take the email icon and the text icon on your phone and drag it over to one of the side screens. <laughs> you just took all of the listener's breath away. <laughs> <laughs> and and so what happens is that way, every time you turn on your phone, email and text isn't the first thing that you get sucked into. Wow. Um, and that will that will immediately, you know, will create create focus for you. It'll create time. And it's, it's do the same thing. Like if Facebook is stealing your time move Facebook off to the right. I'm not going to say never do Facebook again. I'm just saying be intentional about the times that you allow yourself to do that. And one way to, to, to help that is to make it not be front and center on your home screen. And then, you know, of course, to turn off any notifications. 
Wow. Okay, so the task funnel. Can I eliminate? Can I automate? Can I delegate? Can I do this now or can I do it later and procrastinate? You want to give us, just as we wrap up here, those five permissions one more time, uh, because I think this will, I, I think it's just going to let off something off people's shoulders and give them a lot of freedom as they move into their businesses. Yeah, I mean, you just got to remember there's no such thing as time management. It's it's all self-management here. So each of these has a corresponding permission. Eliminate is the permission to ignore, the permission to just say no. Automate is the permission to invest and to invest the time and money to, to create the system. Delegate is the permission of imperfect, to embrace the idea that 80% done by someone else is better than 100% done by me. Um, concentrate is the permission to protect, uh, right, and to focus, like yeah. lock in. And then procrastinate on purpose is the permission of the incomplete to say, you know what? It, not everything needs to be done right this second. I don't, the goal of my life is not to have a zero inbox, right? The goal of my life is not to have a perfectly clean desk or a perfectly clean house. Um, the goal of my life is, is to accomplish things that are much more meaningful and significant than that. It's not that those are bad things. Yeah. It's just that we shouldn't lose stress and, 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 emotional energy on insignificant things and we shouldn't beat ourselves up that somehow everything must be done right this second it's actually okay to wait um so that you create space to focus on the things that really do matter the things that multiply the things that create more time for you and more results for you tomorrow than you have today. Absolutely. And and this book is not just for people in the business world. I mean, it's for creatives. It's for stay-at-home moms. Um, uh, the whole time management thing of really being self-aware, multiplying your time. I wanted to end with this sentence because to me, it just really brings home the, the whole mantra that you have in this book. It says, you multiply your time by giving yourself the em- emotional permission to spend time on things today that will give you more time tomorrow. That's so good. Thanks, buddy. Well, yeah, and if you if you go to procrastinateonpurpose.com, there is a free one-hour webinar where you can see the Focus Funnel. I walk you through the whole thing in detail. You can share it with your team or your family. Um, it's completely free. Procrastinateonpurpose.com. You can sort of you can sort of check that out and you know just remember that this stuff is hard and and yeah. it takes a while and. Um, it's, it's okay. It being, being an ultra performer takes time and energy and, and just remember success is never owned. Success is only rented and the rent is due every, every day. day. Yes, sir. I tell it, tell people that all the time. It's such a good word. Um, man, that's it. So let me ask you this as we leave, uh, how can we follow you and your work? Twitter, Instagram, websites, Amazon, what's the best place to go, uh, to support you, find out about all your work, um, and so forth. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm on all those things and Googleable, but, um, <laughs> I would, I would say go to procrastinateonpurpose.com, start there and, uh, you know, go through the full, the full training. It's completely free and, and then we'll stay in touch from there. Beautiful. Rory, we are grateful for you and your good and necessary work. Um, thanks for just making the world a better place and, uh, giving us all this awareness to, uh, go out and, uh, pursue those things of meaning and significance. Well, thank you, Ashton, and appreciate your support, my friend, and all the work you're doing here to uh, pour into people's lives and uh, make a difference for them. And it's an honor to be associated with that. So uh, be fruitful and multiply, my friends. Okay, man. Right back at you. Thanks so much. 
Hey guys, I hope you enjoyed this interview with Rory as much as I did. If you did, be sure to go support Rory and what he's doing, find his websites, follow him on Instagram, and especially go somewhere and purchase his latest book, Procrastinate on Purpose. And as you approach this week, may you pause by the orchid, listen to the bluebirds sing, and be love. Today's episode is brought to us by Holsty. Holsty explores what it means to live a life of intention and reflection through art, words, and action. Through their monthly subscription, Holsty examines themes inspired by the science of mindfulness, positive psychology, and ancient philosophy. Each month, subscribers receive letterpress prints illustrated by emerging artists, along with action lists and digital toolkits, encouraging further exploration and reflection. Holsty's journey began in 2009 with the viral popularity of their company manifesto, a call to arms around how their founders define success. They couldn't have imagined how much these words would resonate around the world. The Holsty Manifesto was called the next Just Do It by the Washington Post. It's been translated into 13 languages and has received an estimated 100 million social media views. With the encouragement of their global community, they developed the monthly Holsty subscription to help people put the words of the manifesto into action. Be sure to go to Holsty.com slash Ashton and use the checkout code Ashton, A-S-H-T-O-N, to get your first month's free of the Holsty subscription.